Today I'll be reading the opinion of the court in 303 Creative v. Ellenis, decided June 30, 2023. Justice Gorsuch delivered the opinion of the court, in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Thomas, Alito, Kavanaugh, and Barrett joined. Justice Sotomayor filed a dissenting opinion in which Justices Kagan and Jackson joined. Like many states, Colorado has a law forbidding businesses from engaging in discrimination when they sell goods and services to the public. Laws along these lines have done much to secure the civil rights of all Americans. But in this particular case, Colorado does not just seek to ensure the sale of goods or services on equal terms. It seeks to use its law to compel an individual to create speech she does not believe. The question we face is whether that course violates the free speech clause of the First Amendment. Part 1 Section A Through her business, 303 Creative LLC, Lori Smith offers website and graphic design, marketing advice, and social media management services. Recently, she decided to expand her offerings to include services for couples seeking websites for their weddings. As she envisions it, her websites will provide couples with text, graphic arts, and videos to celebrate and convey the details of their unique love story. The websites will discuss how the couple met, explain their backgrounds, families, and future plans, and provide information about their upcoming wedding. All of the text and graphics on these websites will be original, customized, and tailored creations. The websites will be expressive in nature, designed to communicate a particular message. Viewers will know, too, that the websites are Ms. Smith's original artwork, for the name of the company she owns and operates by herself will be displayed on every one. While Ms. Smith has laid the groundwork for her new venture, she has yet to carry out her plans. She worries that, if she does so, Colorado will force her to express views with which she disagrees. Ms. Smith provides her website and graphic services to customers regardless of their race, creed, sex, or sexual orientation. But she has never created expressions that contradict her own views for anyone, whether that means generating works that encourage violence, demean another person, or defy her religious beliefs by, say, promoting atheism. Ms. Smith does not wish to do otherwise now, but she worries Colorado has different plans. Specifically, she worries that if she enters the wedding website business, the state will force her to convey messages inconsistent with her belief that marriage should be reserved to unions between one man and one woman. Ms. Smith acknowledges that her views about marriage may not be popular in all quarters. But, she asserts, the First Amendment's free speech clause protects her from being compelled to speak what she does not believe. 
The Constitution, she insists, protects her right to differ. Section B. To clarify her rights, Ms. Smith filed a lawsuit in federal district court. In that suit, she sought an injunction to prevent the state from forcing her to create wedding websites celebrating marriages that defy her beliefs. To secure relief, Ms. Smith first had to establish her standing to sue. That required her to show a credible threat existed that Colorado would, in fact, seek to compel speech from her that she did not wish to produce. Toward that end, Ms. Smith began by directing the court to the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act, CADA. That law defines a public accommodation broadly to include almost every public-facing business in the state. In what some call its accommodation clause, the law prohibits a public accommodation from denying the full and equal enjoyment of its goods and services to any customer based on his race, creed, disability, sexual orientation, or other statutorily enumerated trait. Either state officials or private citizens may bring actions to enforce the law, and a variety of penalties can follow. Courts can order fines up to $500 per violation. The Colorado Commission on Civil Rights can issue cease and desist orders and require violators to take various other affirmative actions. In the past, these have included participation in mandatory educational programs and the submission of ongoing compliance reports to state officials. In her lawsuit, Ms. Smith alleged that if she enters the wedding website business to celebrate marriages she does endorse, she faces a credible threat that Colorado will seek to use CADA to compel her to create websites celebrating marriages she does not endorse. As evidence, Ms. Smith pointed to Colorado's record of past enforcement actions under CADA, including one that worked its way to this court five years ago. To facilitate the district court's resolution of the merits of her case, Ms. Smith and the state stipulated to a number of facts. Ms. Smith is willing to work with all people regardless of classifications such as race, creed, sexual orientation, and gender, and she will gladly create custom graphics and websites for clients of any sexual orientation. She will not produce content that contradicts biblical truth regardless of who orders it. Her belief that marriage is a union between one man and one woman is a sincerely held religious conviction. All of the graphic and website design services Ms. Smith provides are expressive. The websites and graphics Ms. Smith designs are original, customized creations that contribute to the overall messages her business conveys through the websites it creates. Just like the other services she provides, the wedding websites Ms. Smith plans to create will be expressive in nature. 
those wedding websites will be customized and tailored through close collaboration with individual couples, and they will express Ms. Smith's and 303 Creative's message celebrating and promoting her view of marriage. Viewers of Ms. Smith's websites will know that the websites are Ms. Smith's and 303 Creative's original artwork. To the extent Ms. Smith may not be able to provide certain services to a potential customer, there are numerous companies in the state of Colorado and across the nation that offer custom website design services. Section C. Ultimately, the district court ruled against Ms. Smith. So did the Tenth Circuit. For its part, the Tenth Circuit held that Ms. Smith had standing to sue. In that court's judgment, she had established a credible threat that if she follows through on her plans to offer wedding website services, Colorado will invoke CADA to enforce her to create speech she does not believe or endorse. The court pointed to the fact that Colorado has a history of past enforcement against nearly identical conduct, i.e. Masterpiece Cake Shop, that anyone in the state may file a complaint against Ms. Smith and initiate a potentially burdensome administrative hearing process, and that Colorado has declined to disavow future enforcement proceedings against her. Before us, no party challenges these conclusions. Turning to the merits, however, the Tenth Circuit held that Ms. Smith was not entitled to the injunction she sought. The court acknowledged that Ms. Smith's planned wedding websites qualify as pure speech protected by the First Amendment. As a result, the court reasoned, Colorado had to satisfy strict scrutiny before compelling speech from her that she did not wish to create. Under that standard, the court continued, the state had to show both that forcing Ms. Smith to create speech would serve a compelling governmental interest and that no less restrictive alternative exists to secure that interest. Ultimately, a divided panel concluded that the state had carried these burdens. As the majority saw it, Colorado has a compelling interest in ensuring equal access to publicly available goods and services, and no option short of coercing speech from Ms. Smith can satisfy that interest because she plans to offer unique services that are by definition available elsewhere. Chief Judge Timkovich dissented. He observed that ensuring access to a particular person's voice, expression, or artistic talent has never qualified as a compelling state interest under this court's precedents. Nor, he submitted, should courts depart from those precedents now. Taken to its logical end, Chief Judge Timkovich warned, his colleagues' approach 
would permit the government to regulate the messages communicated by all artists, a result he called unprecedented. We granted certiorari to review the Tenth Circuit's disposition. Part 2 The framers designed the free speech clause of the First Amendment to protect the freedom to think as you will and to speak as you think. They did so because they saw the freedom of speech both as an end and as a means. An end because the freedom to think and speak is among our inalienable human rights. A means because the freedom of thought and speech is indispensable to the discovery and spread of political truth. By allowing all views to flourish, the framers understood, we may test and improve our own thinking both as individuals and as a nation. For all these reasons, if there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, it is the principle that the government may not interfere with an uninhibited marketplace of ideas. From time to time, governments in this country have sought to test these foundational principles. In Barnett, for example, the court faced an effort by the state of West Virginia to force schoolchildren to salute the nation's flag and recite the Pledge of Allegiance. If the students refused, the state threatened to expel them and fine or jail their parents. Some families objected on the ground that the state sought to compel their children to express views at odds with their faith as Jehovah's Witnesses. When the dispute arrived here, this court offered a firm response. In seeking to compel students to salute the flag and recite a pledge, the court held, State authorities had transcended constitutional limitations on their powers. Their dictates invaded the sphere of intellect and spirit, which it is the purpose of the First Amendment to reserve from all official control. A similar story unfolded in Hurley, the Irish-American, gay, lesbian, and bisexual group of Boston, 1995. There, veterans organizing a St. Patrick's Day parade in Boston refused to include a group of gay, lesbian, and bisexual individuals in their event. The group argued that Massachusetts' public accommodation statute entitled it to participate in the parade as a matter of law. Lower courts agreed, but this court reversed. Whatever state law may demand, this court explained, the parade was constitutionally protected speech, and requiring the veterans to include voices they wished to exclude would impermissibly require them to alter the expressive content of their parade. The veterans' choice of what to say and not say might have been unpopular, but they had a First Amendment right to present their message undiluted by views they did not share. Then there is Boy Scouts of America v. Dale. In that case, the Boy Scouts excluded James Dale, an assistant scoutmaster, from membership after learning he was gay. 
Mr. Dale argued that New Jersey's public accommodations law required the scouts to reinstate him. The New Jersey Supreme Court sided with Mr. Dale, but again this court reversed. The decision to exclude Mr. Dale may not have implicated pure speech, but this court held that the Boy Scouts is an expressive association entitled to First Amendment protection, and, the court found, forcing the Scouts to include Mr. Dale would interfere with its choice not to propound a point of view contrary to its beliefs. As these cases illustrate, the First Amendment protects an individual's right to speak his mind regardless of whether the government considers his speech sensible and well-intentioned or deeply misguided and likely to cause anguish or incalculable grief. Equally, the First Amendment protects acts of expressive association. Generally, too, the government may not compel a person to speak its own preferred messages. Nor does it matter whether the government seeks to compel a person to speak its message when he would prefer to remain silent or to force an individual to include other ideas with his own speech that he would prefer not to include. All that offends the First Amendment just the same. This opinion has been divided into multiple episodes, and you've just come to the end of the first. But don't worry, next episode will pick up exactly where this episode left off. Until then, thanks for listening to What SCOTUS Wrote Us.